Welcome to Get It Right with Mike and Trey. I'm Mike. I'm Trey. And we are so pleased to have you here. I just I almost broke into 70s jog mode there for just a second. I just came real close to it, Trey. Real close. <laughs> you got close. to spin the hits in the solid gold, man. <laughs> but you but you have been a you have been a DJ. I have been a DJ, yes. You, you can actually say that and not mean a wiki 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 stand no. up there and type no, sample actual, music DJ like a yeah. spin the record. Now, did you ever spin records, or was that actually by the time I got into the business, we had migrated to the CDs? CDs. So you spun the CDs. Spun the CDs. Hard to scratch those. It is. <laughs> now, but I will tell you this though: I did learn. I, I did learn how to slip cue a record. So I do know how to cue a record up correctly. And I may be one of only like three people in within a hundred miles of here still breathing that knows how to do that. That's right. Everybody else is well dead. <laughs> So, <laughs> no longer breathing. No, no longer breathing. So, speaking of that era of uh, of music, real just real quickly to start off here. So, uh, as of the date that we're recording this podcast, August the twenty fourth, twenty fourth. This past weekend, we lost a couple of of musical greats uh, in the world of country and rock music. Yeah, uh, Tom T. Hall, the storyteller, died last Saturday. Don Everly of Everly Brothers fame died last Saturday. Um, his brother Phil passed away about seven years ago. Right, he was a heavy smoker, had some kind of pulmonary disease, and that claimed his life about seven years ago. I think Don was eighty four, eighty five. Tom T. Hall was eighty five. Uh, these guys had all been around for decades. When's the last time Tom T. Hall put out a record though? Or Tom T. Hall probably his. I think his last album was not that long ago. Really, about two three years ago. They, they put out a compilation, but I remember watching an interview with him several years ago, and he was just marveling at the fact that, uh, you know, when he started in the recording business, you had to have rooms filled with millions of dollars worth of equipment right. to cut a record. He said, now we carry everything in the trunk of a car and we can crank out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CDs and hundreds and hundreds of labels for the CDs, put them in a little plastic case and sell them at the shows. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, he said, we never, he said, our whole studio fits in the trunk of a car. And that was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. That was 10 years ago. I was trying to see uh, 50 greatest hits. I don't know. Anyhow. Yeah. It wasn't too long. Like you said, he put a compilation together. Yeah. You know, original new music, I'm not sure, probably been several years ago. Uh, of course, Don Everly had, had you know, kind of retired from the business a um, long time ago. But Don and Phil Everly, incidentally, were the first rock stars to ever get a million-dollar contract. Which we use the word rock very loosely there. Yeah. Well, rock as it was defined in the 1950s. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know in the era of Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley and, you know, right. all that. But they were the first rockers to get a million-dollar contract. Wow. Yeah, really were. Then we found out just today, uh, as, as we're recording this show, that Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones has died. And how in the hell is Keith Richards still alive and Charlie Watts is dead? Anybody in the Rolling Stones is dead. I'm convinced that, that Keith Richards is actually not alive. <laughs> He's dead. He's just been embalmed. He's been perfectly embalmed, <laughs> and they figured out a way to animate him, and they're just wheeling him around. You know, it's like, like weekend, weekend at Bernie's. Bernie's you know, right. I, I just, it's, it's, 
He's he's probably been dead since like seventy eight or something. He's got somebody know. like Ingve Malmsteen or something that's playing the guitar behind him or something like that. <laughs> Seriously, Keith Richards has looked horrible for a long, long time. I guess when you pickle yourself enough, Ooh, man, you you like you said, you technically pickle yourself. Well, hell, look at Will, look at Willie Nelson. Oh, Willie yeah. Nelson is eighty eight years old. Yeah, this guy. This guy has dropped more weed on the ground than most people could smoke. <laughs> He's dropped more weed on the ground than Hunter Biden has smoked, dropped crack on the carpet. <laughs> oh, Hunter Biden couldn't keep up with him. No nah, way. Nah. There's no way. You know, Willie, when he dies, he's already smoked, man. He's yeah. like smoke preserved. He's weed preserved. You know? if, if, they, if they cremate him, they're going to have to do it outside. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody in the crematory get high. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? They're, they're going to have to put like triple scrubbers on that stack because there'll be contact highs for 100 miles, you know? Oh, Willie, he is something else, man. They'll just, they'll just oh. cremate him at Lukenbach and all of the <laughs> the boys, Willie and Waylon and the boys will go there, but Waylon's gone too, isn't he? Well, Waylon's gone. Yeah, uh, the only you know the only one of that era, of that that group, uh, you know, that I would put into that category, the kind of outlaw country kind of guys, is Chris Christopherson. He's still around. Well, Hank Williams Jr. Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, now Hank, but you know, Hank really wasn't associated with Willie and Johnny Cash That's and Waylon Jennings and all them. You know, well, actually, if you remember back in the eighties, uh, Willie. Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, and Waylon Jennings formed a group called the Highwaymen. The Highwaymen, yep. And they toured for, I don't know, several years as the Highwaymen. Uh, but, you know, hell, Johnny Cash has been gone, I think, nearly, what, nearly 20 years now? Yeah, a long time. Uh, well, you know. Uh, Waylon's been gone almost 20. No, Waylon has been gone 20. He has been gone 20 years, I think. Yeah, might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, but anyway. So Charlie Watts is, is dead. So the Rolling Stones now Charlie Watts has performed pretty recent because the Rolling Stones I think oh, yeah. have been on tour. I yeah. don't know if they're still touring, but they've toured within the last couple of years, few years, like, probably pre-COVID. Like the Rolling Bones now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, though, God love them. I mean, they. You know what? If you can, if you can be the age, because all these guys now are in their seventies. Yeah, they all are, or older. If you can be over seventy years old and still doing what you love to do oh, and yeah. making money at it. Hello, Eddie Hill. Yeah. Uh, then you know, go for it, man. Go for it. Yeah. If you can still get out of bed and do it, go do it. And I think that's what keeps these guys alive so damn long, is they they never stop. They don't go sit down somewhere and just start convalescing. I think when you start that, where you just go and you just sit down and you give up, that's when you're gonna die. Absolutely, like you said, uh, Eddie Hill, my business partner, is 85 years old. Yeah, and still races, drives yeah. race cars. Of course, he was famously the first in the fours. He was the first uh, drag racer to break the five-second barrier in the top fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, held land speed, speed records, not speed records, quickness records on top fuel, <clears throat> top fuel and drag boat at the same time. Wow. And if you're in the area or if you just care, Wichita Falls will have an Eddie Hill Day October 6th this year. Which is absolutely <laughs> awesome, I think. I mean, just awesome that we're – we're finally, frankly, I think it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I do too. Should have happened a long time ago. Well, he's not from Wichita Falls, but he he claims Wichita Falls is his hometown, and he has. Yeah. He he moved here in his early twenties. Yep. And he's he's claimed Wichita Falls is his hometown ever since. Well, that's good. That's going to be what October the October the sixth. October the sixth. Don't miss it. That's right. Yeah. If you All don't right. know, if you don't know where Wichita Falls is, by the way. 
We're a couple hours northwest of Dallas. We're a couple hours southwest of Oklahoma City. We're right where I-44, US-287, and US-281 converge. Yeah, there's been a lot of people. There's I tell people all the time, there's a lot of people. There's only so many people that go, that go to Wichita Falls, but there's a whole lot of people that go through Wichita Falls. You betcha. If you're from the south of here, Austin, Fort Worth, mm-hmm. Dallas area, and you go to Colorado, which mo- a lot of Texans do, yeah. you drive right through Wichita Falls. Well, that's why our hotels stay so busy. Right. Is we're just kind of a natural stopping off point for an overnight stay or a two night stay or whatever. That's right. As you're traveling, you know, you're on the road, and there's a whole lot of people on the road now because flying sucks. <laughs> oh, well, I was gonna fly. Uh, I, I was gonna fly uh, in October, and I've I put that trip. I postponed that trip. Part of it was I'm flying to California too. Yeah. And of course, the land of fruit and nuts has come out, and they're Ooh. they're going ape shit with their. Their rules, not in Northern California, but in Southern yeah. California, and I'm not dealing with that. And the flying, you know, the FAA uh, has now said masks. Oh, they were going to drop the mask mandate middle of September. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. Now we extend it to the middle of March. I love this. This. Do you talk about government overreach? Let's don't extend it for 30 days and mm-hmm. see what happens, and then another 30 days and see what. Happens. No, hell no. We're going to extend that son of a bitch for six more months. Yeah, one of the things that's been uh, talked about here uh, regionally. Um, in talk radio here in the last few days is you've got some school districts in Texas that are closing down because of a spike in COVID cases, but they said that only about 10% of Texas school students are not wearing masks. Hmm. Methinks maybe that points to the ineffectiveness of masking. So wait a minute. How how are school districts getting away with putting masks on? Because in Texas, the governor's, there's a gubernatorial order that says you cannot force masks. Apparently, it's a they're in, they're in strongly encouraging it, and a lot of students are complying with the encouragement to do it. And a lot of parents, again, you know, the panic and fear train rolls on. A lot of parents are sending their kids to school and telling you will wear this mask to school. So if you've only got about ten percent of the students not masking up, but you've got this huge spike in cases that they claim that they have. That tells me the masking really doesn't do a damn thing. Well, here's the thing. Here's what. Here's the problem. So, so you've opened. The, you've kicked, kicked the COVID door open. So let's go ahead and talk about we'll it. We'll get into that. This is what's changed here with this with this Delta variant and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. If you notice now, they're not reporting hospitalizations and deaths so much. They're reporting more cases. Yeah. Cases. Cases. Wait a minute. Right. I want to know about hospitalizations and deaths. Yes. Yes. I, I don't care how many people catch it. And have mild cases of it. Or if you have a severe case of it, mm-hmm. and yes, you go to the hospital, yes, that that that's significant. Yes. But if you just catch it and you don't right. have a severe case and you, it's like you ride it out like you with a three or four day flu, mm-hmm. why, why are we making a big, we don't make a big deal about how many flu cases there are. I mean, we do at the end of the year, but no. we don't, we don't da- report them daily. Well, hell, the flu completely disappeared in 2021. Yeah, right. And 2020. It just disappeared. No more flu. Yeah, the COVID, the COVID bug ate the flu bug. Yeah, and they're saying, well, you know, p- part of the reason that there's so few flu cases reported is because everybody was staying home and masking up and not going out. But then, why did the COVID cases go up? Yeah, you know, come on, give me a break here. And it's just the whole the whole thing. We have allowed the panic and fear to take very deep root in our society. Right. And I'm telling you right now, folks, all this talk about 
well, this is the only way we get back to normal. No, the way we get back to normal is you stop kowtowing to the fear and the panic. And, and you live your life. And live your and, life. And use some common sense. Oh, look, the fact of the matter is there is a coronavirus. Sure. It, it can kill some people. Right. It does. There's no doubt about it. But it's a small percentage. But it's a small percentage of the people that catch it, catch it, get it. Mm-hmm. Outside, there's been zero evidence ever of any transmission outside. Mm-hmm. There's generally no evidence or, or minute evidence of any transmission inside of a grocery store or something like that, or even on an airplane, by the way. And it's not because you're wearing masks. It's because it changes air. Mm-hmm. The problem is the coronavirus aerosolizes. That's why these masks are not as effective. And like these, right. and the plexiglass, they're saying actually the plexiglass barriers could cause more problems than, than keep because it doesn't allow for natural airflow. Right. What originally they said was the coronavirus were these droplets that would shoot out of your mouth, go a certain distance, and then drop to the ground. Mm-hmm. No, they're microparticles, and they, stay, they hang in the air. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason that if you notice, most of the corona people, the people that catch coronavirus or in a household, and generally the whole house will catch it because they have a lot of people together and in, in a closed area where the air doesn't get changed so much. Right. And eventually that amount of air builds up, uh-huh. the virus builds up in the air, and then you have what's called a viral load, which you're exposed not for 30 seconds or 12 seconds or one minute, but you're exposed to it for a certain period of time, and it, it is an extended period of time. I'm not sure what the science well, is. Well, did you hear what's happening in Sydney, Australia? Oh, they're going nuts, aren't they? So they 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 brought out the military yes. to enforce lockdowns. You can't venture, I think, more than three miles from your house. You're allowed to go outdoors for one hour a day for exercise. This is the most ignorant, insipid, and stupid plan I've ever heard of for any. Seriously. So now we're going to force everybody to stay inside yes. where they're more likely to get sick. Absolutely. In the stale air of your home. Yeah. Instead of going outside in the sunshine. The vitamin D that your body produces naturally by just being outdoors in the sunshine and the fresh air is a fantastic defense against viruses. And science has known this for a very long time. Well, and the COVID virus doesn't live outside. It, it, oh. it, it just it can't, it cannot, it does not live in the outside air. And it, once again, it's aerosolized. It has to build up mm-hmm. to a certain level before it becomes really dangerous to you. When you're outside in the fresh air, it can't do that. Yeah, I would say that probably a better plan for Australia would be to make everybody get out of their house and go camping somewhere. Yeah. Of course, the problem is in Australia, every damn thing that grows, crawls, or walks down there on four legs wants to kill you. That's right. That is true. Everything. The ten, the ten deadliest snakes. There used to be a show called The Ten Deadliest Snakes, and they were all Australian. Oh, I know. I mean, there, there are some deadly snakes yeah. in other places, but just about every all those ten snakes can be found somewhere in Australia. Not to mention they got spiders down there. that Those are the, those are the things that nightmares are made of. Oh, yeah. They carry your babies off at night. Ah, uh, now, now, since we're talking COVID, we'll talk vaccines here. Yes, let's do. Now, the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine, and, and it looks like they're going to probably approve the Moderna vaccine. Do you think anybody who doesn't want to take the vaccine is going to give two shits now? No. That to me, this this is a pie in the sky thing that they keep saying. Oh, we got to get this thing approved because once we get it approved, people will start taking it. Nope. No, people are either going to take it or they're not going to take it. Well, I think actually this could backfire on them, Trey. I think that the FDA approval could actually make people more reluctant, and here's why. Confidence and trust in government has never been lower than it is right now. Agreed. It is absolutely the lowest it's ever been. And even 
even Democrats, especially middle-of-the-road Democrats, more traditional liberal Democrats, your, not leftists. Your like Joe Manchins and your Kristen Sinema type yes, Democrats. Yes, those, those kind of Democrats are backing away from their support for President Biden. They're backing away from their support for these big stimulus packages. And they're also, I think, going to start backing away from the COVID rhetoric. This could actually make it worse, not better. Because I, I, I don't think anybody trusts the FDA. I don't think people trust the government. They sure as hell don't trust little Tony Fauci anymore. And, and who, who, uh, who, who's to blame for the go- people not trusting the government? Well, I put that on the, the, the government, the government <laughs> first of all, and the media. Yeah. Because the media got on board with this fear-mongering mess. And again, I, I take you back to March, April, May 2020, when they were really just starting to hammer the hell out of you, beating you over the head every night with these insidious graphics and, and all this doom and gloom and death. You know, I mean, it was, you know, it was the end of the world right. is what it was. End of the world just this apocalyptic crap that they came up with. And so I blame, I blame the government first for people not having confidence in the government anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and not that their approval rating was all that great before this anyway. But also the media, because the, the media has driven this train. The, the media is such a powerful tool in this country. Sure. And it's, it's even more powerful today than it ever has been in the past, Trey, because we have... We have four things. We have the most literate society we've ever had. We have more news outlets than we've ever had. We have more delivery systems than we've ever had. Yeah, everybody walks around with a computer in their pocket, basically. And we have a citizenry that's not only more (laughs) literate, but also has the attention span of a gnat. That's right. People can pay attention to any one thing. Uh, you, You talk about the whole squirrel thing going, I mean, my God, people cannot focus anymore. And I think part of that is we already had short attention spans anyway. We're interested in what we're interested in. That's right. We pay attention to what we wish to pay attention to. But we are so inundated with information now. I mean, you you, you pick up your smartphone in the morning and you're drinking out of a damn fire hose first thing right out of the box. Well, this is why this is why they that media, government people, they try to craft narratives for the news cycle. Yeah. They know I honestly believe that's part of the reason that um, Cuomo said, I'll leave, but I'm going to leave in 14 days. Yeah. I think he was hoping yeah. that this would blow over yeah. with the news cycle. Something, something else would happen. Yeah. yeah. Didn't happen. No. But I believe he was hoping. I, otherwise, it's like, I'm not moving out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm moving out in 14 days. I'm leaving in 14 days. Well, why? You know? And I think part of it was that was that was the last-ditch effort for he and his, his uh, group or whoever's advising him to try to see if we can get past this news cycle. Well, I'll tell you what, and I don't know if it's a matter of the media not giving them attention or if they're all just lying really low, but pretty much everyone that was part of the Democrat field uh, of nominees in 2020 are all just dead silent right now. Yeah. You're not hearing from anybody. Um, Michael Bloomberg, probably one of the most vocal, you know, he's got this, uh, Anytown USA gun grabbing group that he's formed and he was all, you know, he was real big on the, you know, forgiving student loan debt and several other issues. You hadn't heard a peep out of this guy yeah. in a long time. Now, either, either he's deliberately laying very low or the media is ignoring him. 
But we've got two narratives going right now, and I don't know that the media knows how the hell to juggle this stuff. Number one, it's the Rona, and number two, it's Afghanistan. Yeah. And did you happen to hear? And by the way, the southern border, let's throw that in there somewhere. Well, uh, yeah, we've forgotten about it. Oh, yeah, the border, the border issue, and oh my God, you talk about something that has gone from worse to much worse. The border issue has. They're talking now about how low the morale is down there. These guys aren't being allowed. The, the, I'm talking about border patrol agents. Right. Um, they're not being allowed to do their jobs. They're being told to stand down. They know that part of, if there truly is a surge in COVID cases in this country right now, people coming across the southern border who are A, infected, and B, not vaccinated are the big source of it. They're the big source of it, and they know it. And I'll bet you, I'll, ooh, I, nobody, nobody's going to dare release these stats, Trey. They're not going to. They wouldn't dare right now. But I'll bet you a whole bunch of these cases in the public school system this early on may be related to, to children who have come into the country illegally or were born here of parents who came in illegally and are now of school age here. And... They've been in contact with family members from across the border who have brought the virus in, and that's where they're spreading it in. I'll bet you that's got to be a source of at least a certain percentage of this. Oh, there's no, it's got to be. You're, but you're nobody's right. ever going to give you the stats on that. And that's no. why they've stopped talking stats, Trey, and they're just talking cases. Yeah. Because it, it allows them to duck and hide certain bits and pieces of information. Now, before everybody goes, just damn crazy on me here. Oh, you're blaming immigrants for it all. Oh, shut up. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, is that it two and two still equals four. Well, no, you're not blaming the whole thing on immigrants, but no, the fact but of the matter you, is we, we know, for, we know for a fact there are immigrants coming over that are unvaccinated and just led in society. Thousands of people are crossing into Texas every week and being released into the state every week. We don't know who they are, really. We don't know where they've been, really. We don't know what they've got, really. You don't have time. You don't have time to do a medical workup on all these thousands and thousands of people coming across that border. And oh, by the way, they're not all staying in Texas. So if you're no. listening to us from another state, no, they may be coming to your your hometown. Well, we we know for a fact that at a bare minimum, the lower forty eight in its entirety is being impacted by this, and especially the border states. Uh, on up the West Coast into Washington, on up into uh, Illinois, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, into the Dakotas, we're all being affected by it. And then I think over a period of weeks and months, it's it, you know as they as the as the people who are here illegally start migrating east, if they've already got family or know someone who's on the East Coast, well, where are they going to go? They're probably going to go, go there. Go by family. Why? Yeah, why wouldn't They're you? They're going to go there. Yeah. So, yeah, this is impacting the entire lower 48 states uh, on some level. But we're catching the big brunt of it in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. We're catching the lion's share of it. And Texas, from what I'm reading and hearing right now, um, Del Rio, that that region, has it, – it's it's – you take everything that's happening in California, New Mexico, and Arizona combined, it doesn't equal what's happening down there. It is a mess. And, and by the way, our governor, tough talking, a couple of weeks ago, we're gonna, or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we're going to do this. Where is all that? Every, everything now, the, the whole narrative is shifting yet again. Yeah. And I think, 
Trey, we are inching our way toward more lockdowns, or at least they're going to try. And I'm telling all of you right now, you've got to just say no to it. We, guys, if we slam the brakes on our economy again the way we did in 2020, we may never, ever come back yeah, from that. Yeah, it's like, it's like slamming the brakes on a train. Yeah. You, you, you do it once, and, and you slam the brakes on it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. You might get lucky that that train's going to buckle and everything like that. Well, you slam the brakes on it really, really hard or push back. We've already slammed the brakes on it, maybe started buckling it. We go ahead and push all the way down, train will derail. You go ask anybody who's a, who's a train person, you know, a conductor or engineer yeah. or something like that. They can't just slam all the brakes full force down on those, right. those trains. That, it'll derail. You, you, can't, you can't have an economy like ours that is so dependent upon the production of goods and services and the marketing of those goods and services. When you can't produce the goods and you can't sell the goods, you can't generate income. When you, you can't, can't provide those services. You can't provide those services. When you when you cannot generate income, who the, eventually you're going to run out of other people's money, damn it. Yeah. Who the hell are you going to tax? Oh, the, oh the, the government will just give us more money. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a print more yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, just, just keep printing it, yeah. Dumbasses. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's bad. It's bad. It's going to continue to get bad, but we yeah. unless we push back as a group, as a whole, push back. Common sense. Common sense. I'm just saying if you – to go go stand in line or go go to a crowded place that you're worried – when you're worried about and you think you're immunocompromised, if you think you're compromised, stay home. That's right. If you're sick, stay at the house. If, you, if you're worried about it, stay at home. That's right. fine. But we can't stop everybody from living their lives, nope. lives based on that. Nope. Sure can. And we all know people that have been impacted. We all know people that have died. We all know all that sort of stuff. That's fine. But we also know people that have died of cancer and die of right. uh, all kinds of diseases and viruses That's and the right. flu. There's so many people that die of the flu every year. That's right. So That's right. It, the, the problem is it's important to be aware and conscious and self-conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, before the coronavirus was in, if some guy walked up and, went <coughs> and then stuck, coughed into his hand and stuck his hand out, you might go, hey, you know. Or if you shake his hand, you might wipe your hand off or something like that. You know, so so you just kind of be logical. But you have to make some risk assessments. I mean, the fact is, we get in our cars every day. People die in cars every damn day in this country. That's right. Every single day, people die in cars. But yet, we don't think about jumping in the car and driving. Yep. So we're at risk. You're at risk no matter what you do. That's right. So you have to mitigate those risks. You have to use some common sense. That's right. Don't get up in people's faces. Go places and stay. Keep your distance from people that you don't know or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that that's what that's what's important. Go to places that have high ceilings and that sort of thing. You know, don't don't go stand in closets with people or whatever the hell it is. Use some common sense, but you have to do that and keep the keep the economy going, keep the business going, keep keep living your life. Well, and I am convinced now more than I ever have been during all of this that. Part of the reason we have this mad drive for vaccinations and lockdowns and restrictions and masking and all of it is because our government and the medical community knows damn well how this virus started. And it didn't come from some infected bat in a wet market in Wuhan. It came from a laboratory in Wuhan where gain-of-function research was being done. And Wuhan is in China. China. As yeah. as President Trump would have said, yeah. China and it's and it, they they own this pandemic. Specifically, the communist Chinese government owns this pandemic. 
if they had spoken up weeks earlier than they did, or they really didn't speak up, they just got caught. Exactly, yeah. If they had said something, if they had warned the world weeks earlier, they could have saved a lot of lives, and there's a good chance that this this would not have infected the entire globe. There's a chance it could have been contained, but did they want to contain it? Who knows? We're never going to know the full truth, and we know that, because what do communists do? They lie, they deceive, and they kill. Communist, communism is a cancer. And they force period. people. They, they do it by force. Yes, they do. They, they, they do it by coercion first. That's correct. And if, you're not, if you don't count out of that, we're going to force you. So that's uh, why this vaccine booster thing, I'm calling folks, go out once again. Go out and get your shot if you want it. Go yes, get another shot. If, yeah. you, if you feel like you want to do that, that's fine. But start. what you need to do is quit listening to people you don't trust. Find a couple doctors that you know personally maybe, that maybe they're not even your doctor. And also find, I tend to listen to Mark Siegel. Who's on Fox? I don't. I don't agree with everything he says, but I think he's. I think he means right. Nicole Sapphire and Doctor Drupinski. Those are the three mm-hmm. do- medical doctors that are on TV mm-hmm. that I don't know. Don't have any way to contact them personally. Those are the three medical doctors that I think seem the most level-headed and the least likely to try to push the panic button. And oh, by the way, mm-hmm. Doctor Pinsky's a, a liberal. Yeah, he's a liberal person. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't know. And Siegel, I, I think I always thought Mark Siegel came, came across as a little bit of a liberal person too. Yeah. So it's not like we're just like just people that are Fox News people or whatnot. Right. We're, we're talking about people. And, and once again, Penske's not a Fox News contributor. You'll mm-hmm. show he'll show up on like Gutfeld or Tucker, Tucker Carlson's because he's asked to be on, mm-hmm. but he's not a regular or any of that stuff. Right. And then if you just know a couple of doctors and find out what they think and where they're getting their information, are they listening just to the CDC? Or the WHO, mm-hmm. or are they listening? Are they using their medical training, their wisdom, their knowledge, and their and their experience, and and some common sense, and putting that together to come up with recommendations? Well, and and also to that to that, and talking about medical doctors, I, I've seen a couple of stories today about there are physicians uh, around the country, a couple of big hospitals, I think, that are refusing to treat patients who aren't vaccinated. Oh, so that Hippocratic Oath that you took is now not worth the damn paper it's written on? As far as I'm concerned, now you talk about opening yourself up for a lawsuit. You damn right, and lose your license, too. Yeah, absolutely. You'll lose your license to practice medicine over that. Oh, I how, think so, too. How dare you? Yeah, you don't have the right, you don't have the right to, not, to not treat somebody. Uh, you, you take, like you said, you take an oath first, and legally you're obligated to treat people. The emerging legal battles involving this virus, oh, boy. we are going to be, you and I will be talking about this for the next 30 years. And after we're gone, our kids and grandkids will still be talking about it. Yeah, that's something you've been talking about since day one. Yeah. The, honestly, I'm, I can remember, you. we've talked about it since this started, almost day one, you've been talking about, and when they start coming up with these mandates and this sort of oh, thing, yeah. and then va- they start vaccine talk and that sort of deal, yeah. you, you were talking about then, yeah. hey, there's going to be some major legal battles here. Uh, we're, 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 you're setting yourself up for trouble by hammering this so hard. Stop beating people over the head with this crap. Yeah. Stop doing it. Stop it today. We're out of time for this episode. It's Get It Right with Mike and Trey. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Be sure to check us out online. Like, share. Share this link with your all your friends. Yeah. Through all, across all platforms. Some of them will like it. 
Some of them want the platforms I'm talking about. Your friends are all going to love it, but the platforms, eh, maybe not so much. We'll see you around, guys.